the Kingsway Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we have our standing desk today for our podcast. Those that are watching on YouTube, you'll see us. This is because we're trying to get healthy, right, Jesse? <laughs> 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 totally, totally a, uh, a choice made out of not laziness yeah. to not go get chairs. Okay, yeah, totally made out of laziness. You'd be a lot healthier if you went down the hallway and got, <laughs> got the chairs. The chairs. <laughs> but, hey, we're, we're standing. We're having a conversation. Um, we are going to have a fun one today about prayer. I feel like this is one that we've done before on the podcast, or at least we've touched on it several times. But it has recently uh, just kind of been something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, partly, partly, I'll tell you this, why, this, why I want to talk about this today, is because I feel like people are coming out of isolation. Mm-hmm. They're coming back to community in some ways. Right. Um, you know, trying to be wise and smart about it, of course. Um, the way I keep thinking about it is, uh, you know, seatbelts in cars are really important. But when the car's not moving very fast, they become a little less. Does that mean, like, okay. like, so sure. as things kind of settle down, that's kind of where I'm at in the sense of, like, we just need to be smart and be common yeah. sense. But 100%. be smart and common sense. Yeah. So as that's happening and people are coming back together and they're getting around each other, the first things that we want to have conversations right where we want to reconnect 100%. and we want to talk and we want to get to know each other and i feel like when people start interacting and reconnecting with god mm-hmm. one of the first ways they do it they don't go, jump online maybe watch a sermon <laughs> whatever it's like one of those like martin luther moments like caught in a field in a lightning storm right and if you don't know that that's one of martin luther's like okay that was his conversion you do nothing about that <laughs> martin luther was on his way and got caught in a this lightning is the same storm. Catholic Church, Martin Luther. Yes, okay. the, the original, not Martin Luther Jr. Right, right. Martin right, Luther. Right. He got caught in a lightning storm, and he said he would devote his life to God if he let him live. That's how bad it was. Wow. And so that's when he went into the, the ministry. But Actually, like that's that. that's normally how um, I feel like people's first reconnection with God looks like. It's yeah. this like dr- drastic or or like radical. really <laughs> radical conversation that they're having. Sure. Is that prayer? Um, how do we help people, or how do I even help myself? have more intentional conversations if that's what it is and then what should prayer look like like mm. how how do we talk through like oh, helping goodness. someone do it and i know we mm. haven't we we've prepared a little and you and i talk about these things quite often right but you know today we can kind of jump into a few things and kind of walk through it you know i i have you know kind of jesus stuff in my mind cuz he tells his Naturally. disciples how to pray yeah but let's start with this. Like when you hear prayer, and this is just you off the cuff, because I, I haven't given yeah. you as much time to think about this as I've been thinking about mm-hmm. it. But I think you're a healthy perspective. Oh, you're newer to Christ. Mm-hmm. You're young. Um, you've grown up in the church, but it hasn't been like something that you like went to like three years old, you know, and you yeah, were taught like no. how to bow your head. When you hear prayer, and I ask you, <clears throat> do you pray? What what immediately comes into your mind? How do you check yes or no in that box if you do and how you do? Okay. So I think I think I could be vulnerable enough to say that I do not have a routine prayer practice. Yeah, and I, I and I, I struggle with that too. Right. So it just being, I don't. being 100% um, With that being said. Um, if you were to define it, though, if you were to say this is what a routine prayer life would look like. Sure. And even that question in, in my mind is still very difficult to answer because I don't want to – one, you step on someone's prayer life and say that what that's wrong, doing, and we're not going to do that. Right. We're not going to do that. But what, what I'm trying to avoid is creating rigid lines in the definition of prayer. Mm-hmm. So I think whatever I come to as w- what prayer is, it's going to have to be 
fairly wide scoping and right? and fluid because you're you're gonna grow much like a conversation with my uh, seven year old is different than a conversation with my wife. Right. Right. The conversations grow as the, the you know maturity of the relationship, the context of the relationship, where you're at. For right. Sure. For sure. Because because even I think a typical is like you close your eyes and you talk to God. Yeah. Do no. Do you have to close your eyes? Mm-hmm. Do you have to talk? Yep. Can I open my eyes and listen? You know, it just has to be verbalized. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm kind of looking at, because ultimately I've said it multiple times at this point. I'm saying it's a conversation with God. But do you even agree with that? Right. Does it have to be a conversation? Right. Because I've heard stories of Mother Teresa going away for many hours at a time and just listening. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating. The uh, there's several uh, several guys that I read. Henry Nguyen. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other more famous guys. Uh that I, maybe people would know. Who, are, who wrote Wild at Heart? Who's in the room? Who wrote Wild at Heart? John Eldridge. John Eldridge. John Eldridge does it too. Uh, Days of Silence. <laughs> okay. Where they, like, they go away or, you know, I think uh, Dallas Willard used to do a week of silence. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, holy cow, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but like <laughs> a couple that, hours that was, uh, it was meditation and prayer time. Right. But even in that, they would never say words. So like you said, do you have to say it out loud? Do you have to have your right. eyes closed? Um. You know, Jesus, when he referenced it, I'm trying to think of the verse. Can you look that up for me, Ryan? Where Jesus mentioned, or John, you're in this room, um, where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, when you pray. Um, The Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is one of them. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of the one in Luke, too. I think there's one in Luke. But basically, he he goes, you know, you you go into a private room, you close the door, um, and then you don't pray long words. You know, you pray simple things. And uh, it's more of like telling and reminding yourself of who God is right. than like a genie in the bottle, you right. know, type of scenario. Um, so, did you find it? Either of you guys find it? I'm trying. Guys, you're failing me. It's somewhere on this phone. It's definitely somewhere on the mouth. But I, I know, I know for myself though, it ends with you know that famous thought that I run through in my mind a lot, and that is, you know, not your will or not my will, but your will be done. Right. You, you know, your kingdom come. Um, and, but then how far do we take that? Yes. You know what I mean? So supplication. So the way I was taught to pray, Yeah. and, and I know you haven't really defined how you were taught to pray. Yeah. I don't think you, I have a good answer. You, you, yeah. And <laughs> that scares me that maybe, I, I know I taught you this in youth, but I know you don't remember it at this point. Do you remember ACTS? What, what about it, ACTS? ACTS is an acronym that I taught oh, how okay. to pray. It's no. adoration, confession. Okay. Uh, and then it's, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and then supplication. <laughs> See, he's a you just had to learn. So, it <laughs> I think literally it was like Thanksgiving. So, adoration is you tell God how grateful you are for Him, how much you uh, you view Him as just sovereign and amazing, and you totally just give Him the praise right. that He is due. Confession is the ways you've fallen short from mm-hmm. the things that He's called you. Thanksgiving is for the things that you have received from Him that you are grateful for. And then very last supplication is you submit the things that you would like to see changed right. or you're hoping would happen. Um, that's how I was taught to pray. Right. So, like, if you're going to pray, walk through that that thing. What happens in that, if you, if you do that, it's called Acts again. That's a, if you walk through that, it by the time you get to submitting your things, you, you should have remembered who God is, mm-hmm. remembered how far you've fallen and how little you deserve, right. uh, truly, but under the grace of God have received so much. And right. that's where you give thanks for that. And then you get to that. And it's normally a shorter list right. than when you started. Sure. <laughs> um, but does that feel like when I say that, does that like feel 
too rigid. You know, you're talking a little about bit. The, and yeah. I was gonna say I'm almost a little off uh, off putted by a formula because mm-hmm. I feel like some of my most genuine prayers have been um, in desperation, almost mm-hmm. of being like. Uh, mostly, if, if I'm vulnerable enough to say my doubts, for sure. Yeah. There are times where it just more kept... like the Psalms, like where David's like crying out to God, yes. and his prayers were more. Um, I think Psalm 69 is a yep. prayer about mm-hmm. a crisis of faith. Um, so more of those kind of prayers are just yeah. like mm-hmm. I have to submit, and I feel like in the moments of my most genuine prayer, I'm not thinking about uh, any kind of formula. But I think for a routine prayer life i think having a formula could be really healthy well and it's a starting place right right and that's 100%. that's where i think a lot of us with prayer it's in myself included you need a starting place let, let me just say this like prayer in the bible you know when i think of like david's use of it in the psalms when i think mm-hmm. of job's use of it you know job being the oldest book in the bible you know chronologically um when it, that was written not necessarily storyline um, you know, Job's prayers are very emotional. Right. And some of them are very short. Right. And then even like when you get to the end of Job, he's very angry at God. Right. And it's it's definitely his prayer life is not like in a closet with his eyes closed. Right. They're very much so like on a mountaintop screaming at the sky, right. you know, like mad. And I think there's a place where I, I understand that you're kind of a disciple of Kingsway. And that's where we've talked a lot about prayer life of like, you know, my prayer life is probably in between meetings holding onto a steering wheel, (laughs) you know, more than it is in a closet. And I think at times I wish I had more of that closet type of moment. I was listening to Andy Stanley talk about this the other day, and part of this is why it's on my mind. He's in a current series right now on prayer, and it's really good at North Point. And one of the things he talked about was the importance of when Jesus declares that. Did you guys find that by any? Luke 11. Luke 11. Luke 11. How to pray. Right. Just like John teaches his disciples. Yes. Ah, Luke 11. Thank you. I was trying to remember it. And in that specific thing, when he talks about going to a private room, he was talking about how the 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 way that the kind of architectural setup for a whole house to get a room to yourself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this where like we have these like hard big doors and like we just like specific spaces. Like it could have been a curtain. Okay. Like it could have been like a, a very like knit together or woven together basket door. You know, yeah. so there wasn't like a sound barrier. <laughs> like it wasn't like you were going into this like cell of a, of a sound room. It was much more about um, getting isolated. It was much more right. about the privacy. And it seems like there's an integral aspect because he's talking about yes. blowing the trumpets in the synagogue. The synagogue. Yes. Right. And the thought process around it is what's done in private. Right. This is a relationship that doesn't need public um, viewing to be viable. And so part of that encourages me that it's not necessarily that I'm on my knees in my closet. My car is isolated. No right. one's around me. No one sees it. Um, it's that. But my attention is on the road, too. Right. And the whole point of this is that your attention is totally and wholly on God. Mm. And that's been a convicting element to it, where I'm like, how many times do I pray when I'm not doing something else? I like when that. it's completely just me. Because that's, that's where him. I was getting stumped a minute ago. Because it's funny. I've I'm studying the Bible quite a bit. You and are. I don't at have OCC. a great answer for what is prayer, but I don't think that's necess- it is out of my ignorance in some ways. But I think in other ways, it's because it's relatively um, spaced out between the entire Bible and seen in many different fashions. Yep. So what caught my eye when what you were saying was keeping your entire attention on God. Mm-hmm. Is that what you classify prayer? Because my definition, it gets clustered because there's so many different. There's yep. rejoicing, sadness, you know, it's 
And it, it seems to be uh, almost like a God honoring time, mm-hmm. it, you know, as much as it is about a conversation. It's it's a it's almost like a meditation, a complete um, surrender to who God is in the moment. I, I think about how much C.S. Lewis struggled with prayer, and mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've ever read about C.S. Lewis had like a two year period after coming to like where he just he didn't understand prayer. Mm-hmm. Like he's like God already knows it, God has already decided, God already you know it's like this is not he's not a genie that you can sway. Even though in the Bible there are a couple circumstances where prayer seems to have a dramatic change to the heart of God, right? Um, which it's kind I mean, of paradoxical if, in some way. I, if you've been married, I see how those conversations can go because <laughs> yeah. it's a covenant thing. But he is obviously you know sovereign and stuff. Um, it, and it's funny because sometimes even the way that God is swayed, it doesn't feel like it's even the right direction. I think like when in first Solomon or first mm-hmm. Samuel for Solomon, okay. first Samuel where Saul is selected as King and, uh-huh. and Samuel doesn't want that to happen, but the people are crying out yeah. to God for a King. It seems like God's like, gosh, dang it. You know, it's like, sure, let's do it. Like, um, and, right. and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be something that God wanted to do, but the hearts of the people right, were they're coming so, out of the times of the judges. yes, yeah. you know, we're so wanting it because of the nations around them. They thought as an example, if they wanted a real God and yeah. anyway, so, you know, I know that, but C.S. Lewis struggled because he, he felt like prayer was something that was meaningless. It was, it was something that didn't have a place. And then eventually he turned the corner. Um, where he saw what prayer did to his own heart. Right. And it ended up being something that I think um, he wrote about in uh, The Great Divorce. Maybe it's, uh, I'm trying to remember if it's in the screw tape letters too, but there's there's a couple different places in his works where he mentions that the, the work of prayer in his own heart, where like that time alone with God right. seems to reassure him seems to give him peace, seems to give him a confidence, and then seems to be transformative in right. some of the things. That's that almost doing. a little different than the starting definition mm-hmm. of the traditional thinking conversation with God, but more like a time where we can connect and, mm-hmm. and I'm transformed and I get to observe. And I think that's quite a beautiful image. It, it starts to, I think, help me recognize the power of prayer is not always about how much I can convince God of one way or another, or, or even just like, uh, <laughs> in some ways, I, I see prayer life as like uh, checking in on a really important conversation with a really important person. You know, like right. I got to go get my God time in, so I got my confidence. And, you know, right. it's it's much more about being connected, like abiding John 15 in the vine. Mm-hmm. It's much more of like, okay, this is life-giving. This is yeah. transformative to finishing the work that God's yeah. doing in my heart. I I tend to kind of agree with C.S. Lewis that there is a piece of prayer that I, I kind of am a little bit hesitant or skeptical about. Um, I think so, too. I know that I have enough missionary friends that live in places that are a little darker and a little bit more deep into some really dark things. Right. That prayer has been a powerful tool. Um, I get frustrated sometimes because it, am I like Peter that my faith is just too little yeah. to cause some of those great healings or great miracles yeah. to happen. Um, and that, that can be hard. But when I think about it, and I know this is like totally like sure. a ridiculous term, but think about like when I think of it as the miracle in my own heart that God is trying to work okay. and finish, it, it starts to give me a confidence that I've seen and watched and, and, and right. know he's done that in my life. That I know that's not the same as... You know, someone getting up out of right. know, walking, you know, yeah. but it, it feels like I'm taking spiritual steps sometimes yeah. for the first time it is after d- prayer. That's, I think that just comes to, from perspective mm-hmm. of us being um, here in um, a rather 
I, I don't even it's it's a safer place than some of these third world yeah. countries mm-hmm. and um, we have many awesome hospitals and things um, for yeah. sure and and i know when when we, when you're mentioning that like there's a desperation in prayer right. when there is no other there's nothing else there's no other hope and right. i have felt that in my life maybe it's an emotional trauma um maybe it's just a heartbreak uh, and hurt. Uh, maybe it's a loss of a loved one. Right. Um, and there is a rescue miracle of, of hope and peace and of just compassionate grace in those moments that, that rushes in that, it, that I believe is divine and miraculous. Like yeah. I really do believe yeah. that. And I do think that God uses those moments of complete isolation to refocus our hearts right. and to transform us in that right. way. Right. Like Think of it like uh, with my kids. This is the illustration I would use. If, if Cooper comes from, from school, he's my middle son, and he's had a really hard day, mm-hmm. and we're just in the van with everybody, and I'm trying to reassure him that he's loved and that he's okay, it, it goes fine, and, like, he hears it. But, but I've had to do this several times with all my kids okay. where I pull him in, like, we get home, he's a little hurt. You can tell he's a little sad. Someone right. didn't want to play with him. Something, something like happened in the day that there's a trauma, and I, I need him to remember that, that we're here. So I'll pull him aside, and it's one-on-one, and, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll look him in the eyes, and I won't even hardly say anything, and I'll just go, you know, I love you, right? And there's something that happens in that intimacy, that one-on-one time where, where it's just me and right. him, we're not doing anything, and it's just, it's a calming aspect, but yeah. then it's a, it's a, it's a that's calm, a good and, it, and I, I really think that's what a lot of times God wants more than that, but I think we miss those opportunities a lot <clears> with prayer. That's a great analogy. This is what's on my mind. This is what I'm thinking about. So if Garrett Whitmer, right? Yeah, 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 Garrett. I don't know if all, the podcast viewers probably don't all know him. Um, he's he a great, to, great guy. Went to youth group. I he, call him the nomad skateboarder. Right. He's just some, yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. But uh, he, a lot of the times, would tell me that he would spend time with God and pray while he would skate. Yeah. And that skating became less about skating and actually more about spending time with God. God, right. <laughs> so where... Where does that have its place? Yeah. I was thinking almost like um, vocational prayer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a weird term. I think there's a there's a balance in that, right? Like in my mind, um, if 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 someone came to me and said, "I pray every morning on my way to work," right? I wouldn't go. Well, you need to wake up 15 minutes earlier and pray in your closet. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I wouldn't do that. However, I would tell them if you can find a place to pull off, and you know, have a few moments completely isolated. I think it would be a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, much like me being reassuring to Cooper when he gets out of school and everybody's still in the van. Right. I don't think that that like conversation where I'm reassuring him with everyone around right. is bad. Yeah. But it's just not the same. Right. As that home. Because we can't propose that as the the end all be all. Because no. ultimately you have to balance it, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. It probably changes for the. Person. I mean, do we, do we want to go like more spiritual versus less spiritual? Is that what you're like wanting to define it as? No. I'm okay. No, but you know, but, but I think I grew up with a dad that didn't do like devotionals every morning, and he's a pastor. Right. I didn't. I didn't grow up doing family devotionals. I didn't grow up being told like, "Did you do your devo today?" Yeah. What I got told was that God is in your life all the time. Yeah. And then if you're not being aware of Him, if you're not, you know, if you're not inviting Him into those moments, then you're not actually living out mm. your faith, which was a great way to think about things. But there's also times when I feel like God wants my soul attention. I think and, so too. And I, I, and I think he wants me to be able to get away Yeah. and to be with him, yeah. just him. And I don't always think it's because he's like this needy God. That's like, I just want your attention. I right. really think it's like my son Cooper. He wants us to get there 
to hear his okay. words again. So you would say that prayer is like a like a mixed bag of things, mm-hmm. right? Of, of complete solitude, but also doing it while you mm-hmm. do your day, but then mm-hmm. praying for people, but then also just being in the presence of God and listening, and then you get yep. a stir fry. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, so here's why I have no qualms with someone calling prayer a conversation with God, mm-hmm. and that's why I used it at the very beginning. I think it's all the conversations that you would have in an intimate right. relationship. I think God wants to hear what I have to say. Right. I think God wants to know where my heart is, even though he already knows. I think he likes it when I hear it. It's the same when I know my wife's upset. I want to know sure. what she's actually upset about. God likes that, too. It's, it's intentional. It's, it's time with him. I also think it's intimate moments. Yeah. I really do think it is those, like, stand alone, you know, get on your knees, you know, find a cool place in a park. I think, I think those moments make right. a huge difference. But I think it's everything in between. Right. So taking it back to the very beginning, mm-hmm. what is prayer? It's multifaceted. Mm-hmm. We can, I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's why that a- acronym, even though it, at times it is right. really, I don't necessarily think A, Z, mm-hmm. D, you know. <laughs> but I do think about how, how it helps me. When I think about who God is. Right. But not each one has to be an entire prayer. No. And I do, it does help me when I realize, man, I've come so far, but I still got work to do. Right. And it does help me when I look around and see how faithful he's been and the blessings that I have. And it does help me to know that he listens when I have needs. And if that guides a conversation Mm. and that teaches me how to talk and how to listen, I'm okay with that. Right. You know, I, I just, I would hate for it to be something that I'd have to, you know, pull out my axe, you know, whatever. Formula. The thing the thing I'll say to kind of give us a place to kind of end that I think is a healthy thing that I've heard multiple pillars of the faith in our church. Uh, Donna McNaughton is one that comes to my mind, who's a phenomenal woman in faith and has a genuine pursuit and serves and does missions and does all this stuff. Um, and I don't even know if she listens to this or not, but... She's had she does a prayer journal type thing, and she and I have had multiple conversations about this. And it is one of the most brilliant things to do is to write down your prayers because you go back and reread them and you watch how God's faithfulness shows up. Prayers that you forgot you even asked for, then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's in my life." It's just three years later, and I forgot I even prayed for it. Right, Um, and. The faithfulness of God shows up in that. Right. The depth of your relationship shows up in that. The right. questions of your heart show up in that. Right. And I think it's a, a fantastic way to kind of go, I'm going to write my prayers down for a little bit. Yeah. And that is awesome. I, you know, it's something that if no one's, if you've never done that and you're listening to the podcast, I highly encourage it. Highly encourage it. It doesn't have to be about length, it's not about all, you know, detail. It's chicken scratch. Right. You know, buy a, buy a stupid college rule notebook from Walmart for $2. And just write the date on it so that you know, and then just go. Right. And just talk and let it be something that, you know, you, you can pass on, that you can have a moment to just go, wow, I, I, the power of it will be three months later. Yeah. The power of it will be three years later. Mm. So, so you uh, would say, just as like a, a final thing, that there's not necessarily, because we're talking about being rigid, mm-hmm. right or wrong ways, um, it just, it's situation dependent, mm-hmm. it's person dependent. Yeah, and it's just where your heart's at. My, my kids, I pray, I pray this. I pray the same prayer every night okay. before they go to bed, and my kids now are getting to the place where they repeat the things that I say in the prayer to me. They're like, we, "We're kind, right?" I'm like, "Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. We're generous, right? Right? We love people more every day, right?" Yes, mm-hmm. and we have to learn how to love Jesus. 
yes, holy crap, I better, I better make sure this <laughs> prayer is good. You know, and the, and the prayer is just, you know, uh, dear God, um, help us to live, laugh, and help us to learn, laugh, and love well. Help us to be kind and generous every day. Help us to listen to the teachers and those that are in, top, uh, those that are in charge. Help us to uh, love people and love Jesus more than we did yesterday. Hmm. Help us to sleep all night long and grow big and strong. Uh, in your name, I love so that. you know, it's a silly, stupid little prayer, but it's something that when I didn't do it two nights ago, Dawson, my five-year-old, goes, "You didn't say the prayer." And so they like, expect it, and they're expecting it. I am not a liturgical person. You've yeah. been around me. Yeah. I have very few liturgical. <laughs> like this is it, but I think I've written a liturgical prayer in yeah. my house. Like we are going to repeat this for a lifetime. And I, the more and more I think about it, if they would just learn, laugh, listen, and love well, yeah. If they would just be kind and generous, if they would just learn to listen to the people above them and to do what they say and right. follow through, if they would just love people and love Jesus more, and they would learn how to sleep well, right? It's gonna be good. They're gonna be good, right? <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, but that but that's something that I think anybody can do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to have a rigid formula for how you do it. I think yeah. it's what God's teaching you and repeating. Uh, the journal is a helpful thing in that having something that you have on your on your bathroom mirror that you've written out right. like that, that you just read and you believe you're like, this is it. You know, I'm not trying to say, you know, name it and claim it. I'm talking about God's good. Mm. God is good. God is faithful. Um, he can be trusted. Yeah. You know, like having those types of things on your mirror, that is a prayer. Yeah. That I is so prayer too. as much as anything you could submit. So, um, you know, as, you're, as we're, you know, coming back into community, Mm-hmm. And we're continuing the conversation, and people are figuring out how to talk with God maybe after a, dif- a difficult year. I think you're right. Like being a psalm writer that, that gets your anger out, gets your frustration yeah. out, gets your doubts out is a part of this. Yeah. But also remembering who God is. Yeah. Is the other side of the same the coin. That's the other side of the same coin. If you're going to be willing to tell him what he's not, you better be willing to look at who he is. Yeah. And I like that. I think there's a part of me that knows when you do that, there's a transformative part of that where you start to go. Who am I? Right. Dang. And so, hey, this has been a really fun podcast. And I know it just yeah. pulled you in in a moment. And we just kind of whipped it out and went for it. You know, topics like this is crazy when you're like, hey, you want to talk about prayer? And I'm like, what is prayer? And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm at OCC. I should know. I should know. I'm like, I know. It feels it's, good not to know. It's, it, it, it's a journey. We are all right. learning to love and learning to learn. And uh, I think this is a part of that. We love to learn and love to love. And so moving forward... If you're looking for things to, to learn how to pray, um, you know, put a comment in there. If, you're, if you have a question, put a comment in there. If there's some things about this that you love or a piece of this you're going to try. Always love to know uh, if these things are encouraging to you or helpful. You can click the like. That helps other people see this video. Right. And uh, check, hey, if you're willing to, to hit the subscribe and check out more content, yeah. please do that. Um, it always is a, it's always an encouraging thing to know that the content we're producing is helping you and uh, helping you move forward. So, yeah. um, you know, get on your knees, baby, in a closet. Grab the steering wheel. Don't close your eyes. Don't yeah, no. and pray on the way. Uh, you know what? Pick up a journal. Right. Um, write a prayer that you're going to repeat with your kids. I think that's something that was. Uh, I didn't realize how powerful that could be. Yeah. Um, and just like Jesse said, I think just be on the journey to to, to continue to learn how to do it better and figure it yeah. out. Hey, you guys have a great and glorious day in the, the Lord. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs>